John Templeton has said it, and many other people have said it. It's not timing the market that makes you wealthy. It's time in the market. And I think it's crucial that we understand that. And it's crucial that you never forget it. And there, there is no get rich quick scheme that doesn't involve getting poor quicker. Agreed. Totally agree there. Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Else fill the wall up with our English dead. Good morning again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome back to another exciting, to us anyway, episode, our second hour of The Personal Wealth Coach, starring Jake and oh, Jeff McClure. During the break, we had a question uh, from Colin, and he mm. says, sorry for the political topic, as if any words spoken are apolitical. Politics means people. So, therefore, we are a political talk show host. Wait, apolitical? Yes. <laughs> um, that means we're not human somehow. Uh, he says, may I qu query you resident sages? Well, not sure how resident we are or how sage-like we are, as, unless you mean the desert plant. Uh, we, are we feeling any impact at home from the Gaza war? Good question. Absolutely fantastic question, because this leads to a far-reaching answer. Currently, no. However, Maersk, wait a minute, that is, was that, am I just making up words now? No, it is the Danish shipping company. It is actually the largest shipping company in the world. The Danes are good for some things, and some of them are Legos, some of them are shipping. I'm sure you've seen the word Maersk on the side of uh, containers on railroads and so on, because uh, the shipping line is massive. Why am I bringing them up? They are no longer routing ships through the Red Sea. Why? Because the Houthis are firing things at them for because they want to. They're saying we're going to attack anybody whose destination is Israel. Have they actually been attacking only ships that are heading to Israel? No, they're just unilaterally and uh, um, they, they believe that everyone should be equal opportunity fired at. Um, so the Red Sea is becoming a no-go zone. Uh, the U.S. Navy has a series of destroyers out there that are daily shooting down missiles, and other ships are getting hit on a regular basis. Commercial shipping through the Red Sea is being affected by the Gaza War. I don't know what we're going to call this. This isn't a Palestinian war. Palestine on the other side of Israel is not being attacked. Gaza is attacking and being attacked. I could... Uh insert a little bit i've been reading about that um the houthis are beholden to the iranians and the iranians and the syrians the iranians like, go ahead um, the, the iranians don't want to start a war they because they realize that if they start shooting at ships particularly american ships america will start shooting at iran so they don't want to do that so what they do is they send arms and trainers and so on to the houthis and maybe dress up some of those soldiers to look like houthis uh and they shoot at random ships just to show that they're still here yeah so what does that have to do with us feeling an impact this is an inflationary thing when it is harder to ship goods prices for those goods go up so the 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 concept here is that when shipping is having issues we i talked last week about the drought in panama having an impact on the ability 
to put traffic through the canal there. They have to slow down because they don't have enough water to fill the locks as quickly as they used to, which means that traffic through the Panama Canal is slowing. And the, the Suez Canal is having an impact because people don't want to go through the Red Sea. So those canals represent a massive part of the shipping of, of the world. About a third of the Trans-Pacific shipping goes through the Panama Canal at some point. And a significant portion of the shipping to Europe goes through the Suez. If you can't go through the Red Sea, you can't get to the Suez Canal. So that will have a direct impact on inflation in Europe. That will ripple. It's not something that doesn't ripple. Right now, the European Union is teetering or in a recession. Their um, manufacturing is down seven months in a row. Uh, retail spending's down. Um, prices are still up, though they're getting under control. Well, why is that? Well, they are much more severely impacted by what happens in the Mediterranean. And that means that when there's a war bordering on the Mediterranean, they will have higher prices. This is, this is universal. This is at any point in, in human history that you want to go to. If you have a war that's affecting an area, it causes prices to go up. Um, we are fighting inflation. We had a lot of money in our economy. And people say, well, oh, that was what caused inflation and you say okay i believe i'm a monetarist that means if we have more money in the economy we have a higher inflation that's just on the demand side though the supply side also has to have a problem and when russia invaded ukraine that caused a massive impact in prices across the entirety of the grains market and across the entirety of the oil market now those are two components that represent probably 70% of all goods when you put oil and maybe 100% when you think of oil being a component in any kind of transportation, grains being a component in almost any type of food product, of almost any type of meat or you just fill in the blanks there. You just look around and say, okay, why would meat prices? Well, because the feed price for the meat went up and therefore the meat prices go up. The ripples take some time to propagate. And sometimes you have big ripple waves and sometimes you have little ripple waves. When the largest shipping company on the planet says we're not going to use one of the most used shipping lanes because of war, that will have an impact. How much of an impact will it have on the United States? Not as much as on Europe because that's that is really as clear. I mean, if if Panama was in the middle of a civil war, we would expect to see inflation almost immediately in the United States because it's that we get a lot of stuff through Panama. Uh, if there's a war around the Red Sea and around the Mediterranean, the Europeans are going to feel that immediately. What will that do? Will it cause anything we buy from Europe to be more expensive? Because all of their components that they get from overseas have to pass through these channels. And if it takes longer, if they have to go all the way around Africa, you're talking about adding a month to the delivery. I think this is one of those things that what happened when the Somalis were becoming a threat to the shipping lines is the United States sent the Navy out there and we set up bases in Kenya and in Ethiopia and we started running C-130s with big guns over the top of Somalia and knocking out little boats and sending out snipers to take out 
hostage takers, that's going to happen to the Houthis now. They are now in a place where instead of just being at war between Iran and Saudi Arabia in a proxy setting, the United States is getting involved because we can't afford to see that great a shipping line be stopped because there's a bunch of people willing to just shoot randomly into crowds of people. We will stop that. It goes back, I mean, what did we do in Tripoli? What did we do in Somalia? Anytime piracy becomes a major factor in shipping, right now we are the shipping police. Why? Because we ship stuff, lots of it. And if you think about how much oil and gas we're sending to Europe, most of that's going through the Atlantic. So it's not going through the Suez, but some of it is. And we're, we're going to take notice. We've got destroyers out there now. It's going to escalate from there. Uh, Yemen has just drawn a line in the sand and said, who's going to step across? And the United States has pretty got, a, got a pretty good track record of saying, oh, we will. Excuse me. Stop shooting at people, please. Um, and if you look at what happened at the beginning of the war between Gaza and Israel, where the Iranians were going out and taking ships and the United States started blowing up things in Iran, they stopped suddenly. And now all the missiles are coming out. They're still the same missiles, by the way. They've got the same writing on them. They're still made in Iran. They're just coming out from the Houthis in Yemen. Um, So this was a weird answer, but we will experience an impact from this war on anything that we're buying from Europe. So that means Bosch, it means Bayer, it means a lot of those big European names are going to have price increases. There's a bigger picture here, and I'm going to answer a bigger question than you perhaps asked. Even bigger than bigger, what I just said? That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a really big one. The Iranians, the Russians, and the Chinese are coordinating more and more and more. And their purpose is to reduce the influence of the United States in the world. Uh, we could go into why they want to do that. I, part of it is religious and part of it is um, they just want to do their own thing. Jake mentioned the fact that when somebody steps way out of line, like Iran, and begins to disrupt the world's commerce system, it is the United States that steps in and says, don't do that anymore. And we blow some things up and they stop doing it. And this is very irritating to people who want to step in and mess up the world system because they want to grab a bigger piece of it or because they believe religiously it should be blown up or something. This has happened many times in the past. During the 19th century, it was Great Britain that would step in most of the time and restore commerce and and freedom of transit for ships and things like that. We're playing that role today, and I think we're doing a reasonably good job of it uh, You could say we're not doing it perfectly, and you're probably right. But there is a brewing large-scale conflict that the future is always certain, uncertain, but I think is a fairly high probability that we'll see somewhere down the road. And that brewing large-scale conflict is between democracy, more specifically uh, representative democracy like we have, and autocracy, which is a form of dictatorship. And it is gradually building, just as it built 100 years ago. And eventually it will have a profound effect, I think. And this is something to watch. But in the meantime, you may think this is a little strange. It will serve as a stimulant to the economy. Uh, The United States economy, from my perspective at least, is on a roll. Uh, This level of interest rate increases that we've seen in the last year in anything we've seen since World War II would have created a recession. As a matter of fact, this run-up in interest rates, every major run-up in interest rates by the Federal Reserve since World War II has created, well, actually before World War II, 
has created a recession. And the faster and bigger the run-up, the worse the recession. And we aren't seeing a recession, despite the fact we've had, a, by many measures, a record-breaking run-up in the Federal Reserve short-term interest rates. Because things are different now. They're not really different in the long term because you can go back to the 1920s and see exactly the same thing happening. Uh, but we're on a roll in the United States economy. We have had, and, and the role is being generated by the fact that we're innovative and we have created a new technology that hasn't really matured yet. It hasn't even come close to maturing yet. This is an important thing. And I just lost the name. The guy that's the head of Open uh, Open AI, what is uh, uh, Sam the, um, Altman? Uh, yeah. Altman. made an interesting statement during the recently, and he said that we do not have true artificial intelligence. The large language model that he and his firm developed isn't artificial intelligence. It's any more than a parrot is artificial is artificial intelligence. A parrot can repeat what you say, but a parrot a parrot is not going to write a novel or create something new. He is suggesting by the end of 2025 that his firm will have. And AGI, we've talked about this before, well, and it's not adjusted a, gross income. That's an uh, artificial general intelligence. So sometime in this decade, it is my opinion, we will see the equivalent of Henry Ford's mass production of automobiles, pickups, and tractors. And it will change everything. It will create an economic boom that's earth-shaking. As a matter of fact, we may have seen the beginning of it. Last quarter, the productivity in the United States rose at an annualized rate of 5.2%. That is astonishing. It's been rising at about 1.2% for over for a couple of decades now, 1.2% a year averaging, and suddenly it jumps up 5.2%. And I've been looking hard to try to find where that is occurring in, in some publication. I can't uh, I mean, it's probably out there somewhere. I just can't find it. But it it seems to me that what's happening is computers, as they get smarter and more effective, are enabling people to do more in less time. And they've been doing that for some time, but I think it's accelerating at this point. And the acceleration is caused by smarter computers. I was on the phone yesterday trying to resolve a stupidity on my part. Uh, I made a charge and paid something to Apple, and I couldn't remember what it was, and it came out on the statement, so I'm looking for it. The first person I talked to at Apple was a computer, and this is the interesting thing. That computer understood whole sentences and held an intelligent conversation with me. It wasn't the, I don't know what you're saying, answer yes or no, or something like that. It it held an intelligent conversation with me and directed me to the appropriate place in the company where a person then dealt with. I think in the very few years, we will probably see you call, you are talking to somebody and the somebody appears to speak perfect English and be intelligent and understand what you're saying and resolve your issue. And you've never talked to a human being. Um, that is that is going to raise efficiency and, and productivity tremendously. It's also going to put a lot of people out of work. And we're about out of time for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we've got to give some disclosures before we get started. We've said the name of the program is the Personal Wealth Coach, and not coincidentally, that is also the name of an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The two people speaking on the air are the people that uh, give advice through that firm, but we can't give you advice on the air or in a podcast or in any other broadcast format because of privacy issues and lots of other stuff. So what are we doing if we're not advising? We're educating. And just because the firm's registered with the SEC doesn't mean that the SEC somehow thinks that we are anointed or 
um, somehow given a seal of approval or any of that stuff. They don't do that. They are a regulatory authority and we're required to tell you that in case we say something stupid. Nope, scratch that. We say that plenty of times. We'd be barraging the SEC. Uh, in case we say something fraudulent or misleading in a way that could cause people to lose money. Um, let's see. We don't pay for this radio program. More on that later. Uh, we do pay for advertising about the radio program. More on that later as well. Um, and you've got a disclosure. We're going through the disclosure at warp speed today. Well, the information we present to you in this educational radio program or internet program, as the case may be, has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable. However, we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information. We do, however, warranty and guarantee that all unsaid information on the radio program is incomplete. There we are. Unless your intention was to simply be silent. And that's not ever complete. So it is incomplete. <laughs> if you would like to contact us off the air, we have... Uh, email addresses, Jake and Jeff at tpwc.com. We have a webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com, tpwc.com, where you can listen to our radio shows going back a long ways. You can listen, you find links to our podcast. You can find those on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, if you want to contact us, those email addresses are there. You can also contact us through the contact form on the webpage. Um, you can read our newsletter there. We send out that newsletter every Friday. Um, as a reminder, this is the last month of our radio program. We're moving totally digital. Um, and we thank you very much for 27 years of listenership. We appreciate you all. Thank you very much for listening to The Personal Wealth Coach. We appreciate you.